Welcome to The Hunt, stories from Monster Hunter, where you can sharpen up on your Monster Hunter skills. We discuss Monster Hunter games inside and out, focusing on Monster Hunter World and Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate. And here are the hosts, Phil Willis and Michael Abs. Welcome to The Hunt, stories from Monster Hunter, where you can sharpen up on your Monster Hunter skills without the need for a whetstone. This is a podcast where Mike and I discuss Monster Hunter games inside and out. This is Chapter 5, The Challenge. Are you ready for the challenge, Mike? I am ready for the challenge. It sounds very challenging. Well, yeah, I think it is very challenging, especially if you're as busy as we are. (laughs) Because I feel like you and I are both pretty busy. Uh, A fair amount, as the distance between the past two episodes could show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we kind of got a little backed up between stupid real life and, you know, everything else going on. But but we are we are back and and we're ready. We're ready to talk about more Monster Hunter. And we're ready to lay down the gauntlet and issue the challenge. (sighs) Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, so the challenge is this, boys and girls, if you're listening to this podcast, we all know that Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate will be coming out in a little under two months now. It's uh, August 28th, I believe, is the release date. And the question is, boys and girls, can you complete low rank before it comes out so that you could transfer your character to the Switch and come out of the gate playing high rank? I like this challenge. It's a challenge the gauntlet's down. Are you up to the task, Mr. Apps? Probably not, but we'll see. We'll see. see how it goes. We'll see. Yeah, I feel like you and I were going to we're going to talk a little Monster Hunter Generations today. I think so. It's <laughs> definitely a hot topic right now. Our tune has changed a little bit since that announcement. Yeah, yeah, a slight bit. Uh, super. So, so, so. I think like in our first episode, when maybe it was the second one, you and I talked up why Monster Hunter Four Ultimate was the you know the best monster hunter game to play even better than monster hunter world yep but now i feel like we're changing our tune yeah well i mean you gotta always play the new hotness and generations ultimate is going to be the new hotness so sorry for it 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 is full in hotness and and i think what it uh what it lacks in storyline it makes up in quantity which we'll be talking about later on today it certainly has the quantity yeah everything so boy just just so much stuff i mean just uh, i'm gonna save it i'm gonna save it see i want to dive in but i'm gonna save it first first what we need to do is we need to take a little break and come back and go through our assigned quest we'll be right back is the assigned quest where Mike and I chat about what we've been doing. And and Mike and I were kind of doing the same thing, and then we kind of changed what we were doing almost about the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. 
Uh, Rumor has it you were working on some Monster Hunter 4 quest? Yes, so I last time I believe I talked about how I had been having trouble with the purple Gypseros and had finally defeated it, and you know I finally went back to 4 and have no idea what on earth I was talking about because I had not beaten the damn thing mm. in single-player high high rank maybe i did a multiplayer mission and took it out i don't really know but all i know is i went back to my single player and realized i still had to do that and i finally did and completed it for real this time for realsies all on your own (laughs) and boy is that thing really annoying (laughs) mike is growing up so fast so what's your secret for getting past him what did you do Use something with a shield, because as discussed previously, uh, it will screech, and that will bring down your defenses, and then it'll spit poison on you. Rinse and repeat. So, yeah, to avoid that, um, have the ability to block, or you're going to be in some deep trouble. Mm-mm-mm. Did you did you, did you you bring in poison resistance of any sort? Uh, no. no. Didn't need it. Uh, only had to cure poison a few times during the fight. Mostly, I mean, mostly if you are able to avoid being incapacitated, it's relatively easy to avoid getting poison because you can block it if you're using something with, sh- with a shield. Uh, and I have like a, I have some auto guard enabled, so even if I don't press block in time, I'm safe. So. Oh, that's just cheating. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Auto guard, ah! But hey, it works. And were you using the charge blade? I was using the charge blade. Yes, yes. I made a uh, fire charge blade, uh, which is the weakness of the damn thing. So uh, that helped to kind of uh, take it out. Is that like that? That's actually on. By the way, that is actually on the Monster Hunter Wikipedia page and whatnot. That uh, purple Gyserpos, whatever, is weak to charge blade. That's his elemental weakness. <laughs> Poor guy. What did he ever well, do to you? Well, I mean, really, everything is weak to charge blade. This is true. It, it is like, even in Monster Hunter Generations, it's just, I, I went back to it. It's just so, so easy. It's pretty great. Yeah. I'm going to try avoid using it for a bit, uh, but we'll see how that goes. I'm going to mess around with a long sword, I think, because I don't use that much. Yeah, trying to trying to use new stuff. Well, and I think, um, and I was doing, I was just trying to get through the six star, you know, quest on that, and uh, you know, just uh, not too bad. The two, the two, the two Tigres at once. That that was exciting. Yeah, that's something. <laughs> so that that was super exciting. Um, yeah, good times. <laughs> uh, and, and of course I had brought no dung so mm. you'd be working on one Tigre and then he would get uh, berserked or whatever it's called and so you know you got a fight on your hands and that's when number two would show up and decided hey look there's a hunter who has an unprotected backside let's do something about that Uh-oh. he's only got yeah, he's only got, uh, you know, he, he's just got this wide opening, so let's fix that. So yeah, it turned me into a pincushion. I don't think I've gone through all my healing potions like that in some time. <laughs> I think I might have been screaming, Mama, Mama, Mama! As I was rolling away, trying to get to, like, just the exit of that particular arena so I could go out and heal up and go back in. And dealing with that chaos 
you know, juju disease that you get in that game a lot uh, at the same time. So, yeah. Yeah, if you're going to go six six star, boys and girls, dung is your friend. Lots and lots of dung. So, hmm. But then you and I both said, oh, wait a minute. Uh, Generations Ultimate's coming out soon, and we're going to be able to transfer our characters. So maybe we should start working on that. Yeah, seems like a good idea, because the last thing I want to do is get a shiny new Monster Hunter playing on my Switch and have to start all over from the beginning. Yeah, and, so. and, and, and it's a lot, I mean, any, any of these, especially these older games, but it's just a lot of work, and I'm just like, eh, the, the, I like 4 a lot, but then I keep thinking I could be putting this time into Generations, then have that, you know, all these pretty new weapons and stuff show up on a big screen where everyone's going to be online playing multiplayer. So, uh, yeah. so I kind of, I've kind of switched the cartridges, um, there in, in my system there. So, um, what we have monster, Hunt. so generations, lots of gathering quest at the beginning. Yeah. You don't actually have to do all those. No, no. Just, uh, Google up the key quest. Yeah. That's, that's the most important thing you need to do when starting any new monster hunter is look up the damn key quests or you will be playing a lot of boring quests so wants to do that so older monster hunter games and by older i mean anything before monster hunter world there would be a bunch of one star two star whatever rank you're in uh quest whether it's single player or it's the multiplayer what you don't know is that under the hood there are some of those quests that are actually required in order to open up your urgent quest, which once you complete the urgent quest, you then open up the next tier of quest. But you don't know which ones are what we would call the key quests. Those key quests that you need to do, they're key to be able to move on to the next rank. Generally speaking, if you're not looking online, for the most part, it's just the ones where you have to kill other monsters. Um, but yeah, there's some variance in there and the such. And if you don't want to go through every single gathering quest and try to figure out what you really have to do, then uh, you'll want to go to your good friend Google. Google will help you out with that. Yes. Google is your friend. Google helps a lot, especially with these older games where they really don't spell everything out, uh, especially if you have a bad memory like mine. Mm. (laughs) It's just like you'll be fight like in Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate. One of the things I was looking for there was a flame sack. Where does a flame sack come from? I don't know. I mean, most of Monster Hunter parts are named after the monster, but Flame Sack could be anything. It could be a bug that's flying around and he drops a Flame Sack. I mean, who who knows? So yeah, Google all that stuff up um, as you're hunting, and it, especially when you're going after certain things or key quest, or you want that certain chunk of armor that isn't self-explanatory of where that particular part comes from. Google will be your friend, boys and girls, as you come over to the dark side and you come join us on an older Monster Hunter game. One of us, one of us, and and so so one. I'm up to second star right now, and uh, I had a quest to go hunt um, Azeros, my big favorite bear from Monster Hunter Three. I don't think he was a Monster Hunter Four. Uh, hmm. well, let's take a look at our good friend uh. Wiki. See what Wiki 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 says because Wiki, of course, is never wrong. Uh, let's see here. First appearance was in Monster Hunter 3. Uh, latest appearance is Monster Hunter Generations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think he kind of skipped four. This is the big bear. It's like the big wicked looking bear. He's got like big claws, big teeth. Yeah, Mohawk. I got, I got one of those in the stories. Oh, that's cute. 
Yeah. So so he's not he's he's one of the early ones you fight you know fight and uh, that isn't uh, the the raptor or whatever the hell it's called uh, Jaggy. <laughs> yeah. He's he's like the second one you fight a Monster Hunter three or maybe it's the third one. But he's he's pretty easy. He's pretty slow. His attacks you can see them coming a mile away, and because of that, it's easy to you know use him to gear up some some early armor, and. And it's probably not a surprise that he's weak to fire. And generally speaking, at low levels, you don't have fire weapons. But one thing I found interesting is that he's weak to ice. And that's odd because he looks like a big polar bear to me. Yeah, that is surprising. Yeah. But, you know, he winds up his attacks. It's pretty easy uh, to avoid. Especially, of course, again, if you're using a shield. Honestly, I didn't need to use the shield. I just kept whacking at him. Speaking of, there's just so, so so that was cool seeing this monster from Mon- this one of the cool things about generations. It does pull some of the older monsters in, and if you are a fan of the older games, well, Mike and I have played uh, some Monster Hunter Three. Uh, Mike's played a lot more than I have, but it was kind of cool <laughs> seeing that monster from Monster Hunter Three come back, and he has more detail. Well, it- apparently, apparently, his first appearance was Portable Third, which as we know, is one of the most popular games in the series in Japan, so uh, certainly not surprised that he showed up in Generations. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Totally, totally cool. Um, yeah, but he just it just looks so much better, and now I, 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 I tweeted to Mike, I'm like, I'm, I gotta make his armor, because in Monster Hunter 3, because he was so easy to beat, it was one of the first sets of armors that I made, uh, he has, you know, the armor has better stats than the Jaggy armor, and, and so just skip the Jaggy armor and went right to him, and it just made for some good early, early on armor. Uh, so I'm dying to see what it looks like. I still have Monster Hunter Three on my DS, and I want to compare them back and forth. So I'm excited to do that. Should be fun. Yeah. So so, uh, and then I'm also just uh, I am doing some of the gather quests just to stock up. A lot, because at the moment I've only got one kind of... Well, they don't call them farms here. What do they call them? Markets. But basically one one channel open where it'll duplicate items for me. And I got it working on adamant seeds right now. I am missing my full farm that I have on Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate, where I have three things going at once. But So I've, I'm, I'm, I'm saving up my supply of herbs and medicines and raw meats getting a bunch of those because i like to always have some meat on hand because stamina still goes down faster than monster hunter world boys and girls yep yeah that is certainly true oh and in fight and by the way one of the cool things about fighting azeros i don't remember this in monster hunter 3 but maybe it just escaped my my attention but azeros when he was coming after me knocked over a freaking tree (laughs) who says that only monster hunter world has environmental interactions yeah, there's been some smaller ones in the earlier games. Nothing obviously as crazy as some of the stuff in World, but yeah, it's it's definitely always you could tell it's something they've always to do. So yeah, so it's it's just little hints. It's just little hints. Anywho, uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's what we did. That's what we've been working on. We're moving to generations, and we're working on generation stuff. You should join us and take the challenge. Hashtag the challenge. Mm. Everybody in the whole world knows that hashtag the challenge is totally referring to a Monster Hunter Generations <laughs> Monster Hunter Generations challenge, which 
there was a bit of a uh yeah i'll say uh, you know i'm gonna add this to the questions just for you mike okay yeah i just been inspired had, had to do with the conversation having to do with the 3ds and stuff we'll see what you say but uh before we can do that we got an investigation that we need to take care of and we'll we'll do that right after this little break It is time for our investigation. That's where we take a monster and we dive deep into it. We are continuing our investigation of Monster Hunter World Monsters, at least till we get through the next six or so that I have on the list here. This next one up is Zora Magdros, the gigantic, huge walking mountain. And uh, that is the center of some debate. <laughs> As, as far as to whether or not he is a good boss or not. But he is a large monster in Monster Hunter World. An elder dragon that rises from the earth like a volcano. Where it's headed and why, the research commission has yet to figure out. And we, as we all know, when the research commission doesn't know something about a monster, the only solution is to kill it. Of course. Yeah. This isn't, this isn't uh, Monster Hunter stories. There ain't no writers here. Mm-mm. Stabby, stabby. Stab, stab. So this one's kind of, if I remember correctly, this one's kind of done in, in phases. Uh, you will wait, Sora. You spend some time on his back, uh, where where he has these three big, huge lava spouting spikes that you basically need to whittle down the hit points on. Uh, it's it's this is where some of the criticism comes in because it's not particularly engaging. You start whacking at the big spike that's out of the ground, and it spews out lava once in a while. Did, did you get to do this, by the way, Mike? Yes. Were you excited attacking the spikes? No. Yeah. It just... It just... <sighs> As you're walking along, his body changes positions, and that changes the way the battlefield is laid out. Was that exciting for you, Mike? I'm pretty sure I fell asleep uh, doing this battle yeah yeah and then after you do the spikes because it's kind of scripted and stuff you get uh who is it is it uh nergigante or uh one of those big epic dragons yeah and that that was the cool part about this yeah fighting something other than the giant volcano monster yeah yeah that's the highlight it was uh Yeah. yeah yeah it's it's when you fight nergigante or whatever it was but um as you as you as you fight as you fight him, the funny thing is, Mike, you, you may or may not know this, but if you just wait for a while, he just goes away anyways. 
Yeah. I did not know that. Now, now along the way, he's basically heading towards this this big fort that you guys have set up. And there are some opportunities. There are big, huge uh, stalactites or whatever off the ceiling. And you can uh, hit them with a rock and they'll come crashing down and do like 1,500 points of damage. Did you do that? I did not. Yeah, yeah. So you get to see a big number. It doesn't actually stop them. So you get, you get the satisfaction of seeing a big number pop up. It's hmm. all about the big number. Then once you get through all of that, then you're swept back to the fort. It's basically a thing they, they've, they've devised to try to slow him down. And you can shoot cannons that they have set up. Uh, you can get, they got, there's a ship down in the water near him. You can go there and shoot some cannons. And, it, and I think once or twice you're in the battle, the Dragonator on it will activate and you can pull the lever and, you know, go inside of him. And there's a couple of firebrush you might have to dodge from him. A couple of birds trying to irritate your wyverns or whatever. What did you think of that? Uh, it was kind of annoying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, really my big takeaway from this battle was... This would be a cool battlefield to fight some other monster on instead of trying to turn it into some giant thing. Just make it you have to fight some monster while this thing is moving around, and I thought that would would have been really cool instead of you trying to fight the giant monster itself, which this is not all that interesting. You feel like, and you feel like they they kind of understood that and fixed it with Colve, uh, you know, with the uh, Colve Teroth later on, which had a similar setup, but he moved around more. There was more interaction with him, whereas this right. one just kind of felt like you're attacking a gigantic walking mountain. Now, exactly. what now? If you this could get exceptionally, if you did it once, it's fifteen twenty minutes. It might be cool, like the first time, you know, whatever. If you wanted his full armor set and you were farming him, <laughs> that could be a little boring. And I would recommend yeah. that you join some rando groups, at least make it somewhat lively with some other people. But it, ultimately, the script plays out over and over again. It's not the most exciting thing in the world. Um, some, 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 you know, I've, I've heard a lot of criticism, uh, particularly on this other podcast I was listening to, where they just kept on going on about you know how horrible how this fight is like the worst thing ever which look i'm not going to defend this i wouldn't go that far but i wouldn't go as far like it's something you can do once and you never have to go back to it again because there's plenty of other armor sets that are better than this (laughs) anyways so take that for what it's worth uh we could go over as you know he's elementally weak to water and to dragon uh somewhat weak to ice pretty much strong to everything else and completely immune to all ailments so don't bother um because he's a big walking mountain you can't poison a mountain and you can't put it to sleep it's not a thing just don't do it just so that that's zora uh it really isn't that difficult it, it really is pretty easy and partly because it's scripted like now now oh i will point out one error i did hear in this other podcast the the so it seems like it's kind of on a timer because there's certain things that if you don't like i mentioned with the boss or whatever if you don't do much on he flies away it's kind of like it's on a, a timer anyways right which takes away like why am i here for uh and and the, the the there's a sentiment out there as evidenced on this podcast that the whole thing is on a timer and and so it doesn't matter what kind of damage you do or whatnot i can tell you i've never actually lost because i've never sat there and just let it run its course and see what happens if you let him beat up the forward and you don't fire a cannon but i can tell you that my times for beating him have changed from playthrough to playthrough he he clearly has a set number of hit points under the hood Right. Yeah, and once you get to that number, it, it, then the script for this is over kicks in. 
and so you can make your runs faster if you know how to run to the cannons quicker. It is cute seeing your palico help you load the cannons. I will tell you that's cute. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's that's pretty fun. But aside from that, it's something you do once. You're done with it. If you're not wowed to buy it, buy it. Great. Now, I did have, you know, a lot. You know, sometimes we say not everything is for everybody. So don't take away from those people who like something. I will tell you, I did have one friend in particular who was brand new to Monster Hunter who thought this fight was epic. So there were there were some people. There okay. were there were some that at least that first impression. I, I don't think he felt that way after doing it like a few dozen more times. But <laughs> don't farm this guy, boys and girls. Just just don't. Please do. If it was a magic, no. If it was a magical fight for you, keep the magic and walk away. <laughs> keep that memory. Don't tarnish it by by farming him because the, the the script the heavy scripting in it just kind of takes away from the magic. So there we go. Uh, but our next monster on the list that we'll talk about on the next show is a lot more exciting. It is Nergigante himself. Yay! And uh, definitely a lot more fun stuff to talk about next time. But we still have a lot more to go on this show. We'll be right back to read your mail. That bell means that the Argosy has sailed into port, bringing us a lot of mail. And uh, got a, we got a few things. We got a few things here. For for example, Mr. Abs, did you know that they are working on a Monster Hunter movie? I think I tried to delete it from my memory. What? <laughs> but, 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 Mike, this looks so exciting. Somebody even said, hey, Mike, are you excited for the new movie? No. No. Get out. No. Well, it sounds like it's by the same people that did the Resident Evil series of movies, which uh-huh. I thought were awful. Get out. And it sounds like these are going to be really awful. So, yeah, not excited. Not excited. Oh, boy. All right. Well, let's see here. Maybe we will just move on to this other question so we don't get too depressed. Mike. <laughs> Another one of our readers, or listen, I say readers, listeners, uh, sent me a tweet, said, hey, did you guys pre-order Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate? Man, I pre-ordered the Switch version of the Japanese version of the damn game, so of course I pre-ordered it. Of course, he, of course he did. Come on now. Of course he did. You know, I used to pre-order best with Best Buy, but then uh, because they had that cool program where you got 20% off of all new games, but they kind of stopped that. So that's kind of disappointing. Uh, and I'm kind of debating with myself, do I want, do I want, I'm still like, the reason I haven't gotten it yet is, I, I do I want the hard one or do I just want to get the download? And generally speaking, I get hard cartridges on just about everything, especially on Switch and 3DS where memory's limited because I yeah. don't want to fill up my card. But on the other hand, very much like Hyrule Warriors uh, Definitive Edition, which I did buy off the eShop, I like to buy certain games that I know I'm going to go back and play, you know, again and again and again. Because that way you don't have to look for the cartridge. It's kind of like you could be playing an epic RPG like Shin Megami Tensei, need a break, go and do a quick map in Hyrule Warriors or go hunt down a monster in Generations yeah. without having to do a little cartridge swappy thing. Uh, it's It's tough. These are yeah. hashtag first world problems. 
Yeah, I was pretty good on space, and then I bought Wolfenstein 2 on the Switch, Ooh. which is 22 gigabytes. So. Holy cow. Yeah, I'm going to grab a cart. Grab, grab, yeah, that's why I usually get the carts, because if you're buying, I, I, this is what frustrates me, if you buy it off the store, it's the same price, but it's not the same price, it's actually more than a cartridge, because you have to consider the price of the cartridge, the memory that it's going to take up, so... And, and you know, unless you're unless you like deleting and re-downloading stuff every time you, you know, I, I I'm one of those guys that if I buy a game, I want to keep it downloaded somewhere. Anywho, yeah, again, hashtag first world problems. But <laughs> um, I, I guess I'll also I saw basically I need to do a little bit of research, see if they got a, a file size for that yet, and see if that kind of works with what I what I got on there already. And then, uh, and then, uh, so uh, another person asked, you know, you, you know, just how many monsters are there going to be in Generations? <laughs> <laughs> how little these people know. All the monsters. All. Just all the monsters. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I actually, uh, I hate to say this, Mike. I, I actually saw this on IGN. I know. It's IGN. Nothing good comes from IGN. But... If 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 Michael Minky was here, Mike Minky was here, he'd totally admonish me. But it did have one interesting factoid: Monster Hunter Generations will have ninety three not large monsters. That's the most large monsters ever. We're not talking about the small guys. That's twenty more than Generations, eighteen more than Four Ultimate, and a whopping sixty more. That's five dozen more than Monster Hunter World's current roster. Yeah, it's a fair amount. That and it's a few. I guess that also speaks to you and I have talked before how Monster Hunter World's a very beautiful game. It's a great game to get your friends started to Monster Hunter with and stuff like that, but how for you and I it doesn't quite have the legs that some of the older games have. Well maybe our answer is right here. It's pathetic number of monsters compared to other versions of the game. Pretty bad. <laughs> That's pretty, pretty bad. Yeah. Hey Mike. Since you put so much time into Monster Hunter uh, Generations, Double Cross, or whatever, are you able to talk at all about the Deviant Monsters? Nope. Did not get that far. Didn't get that far? Uh, yeah. yeah. One of the things uh, from my notes here that they say in Generations Ultimate is is we're going to get a handful of never, ever seen before Deviant Monsters. These are monsters that have somehow run into a hunter earlier in their lives and came through not quite unscathed so for example bloodbath diablos had one of its horns cut off and a new warped one grew back in its place and of course if it has a warped horn that just means it's pissy and it probably doesn't go straight anymore because it's got to totally change aerodynamics so i'm sure you're going to see a totally different attack pattern from that guy you know so yeah, there's there's a there. I I didn't want to read it more because I don't want to spoil too much. I like to you know kind of experience this as I go along myself. But uh, looks like there's a lot of exciting things in store for those people who put the time into Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate. Yeah, there should be, and I mean, uh, especially for people that may have only played a few of the older games, you'll get to see a lot of like the old hunting grounds, some monsters that haven't showed up in like any other games. It's uh, it's a nice, I call it greatest hits of the, of the series, um, and yeah, I can kind of just leave it at that because we have I have talked a lot about in the past. I think the negatives, um, but I mean on the whole, it's it's just full of stuff. Stuff. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And by the way, speaking of, one of my next quests is to fight Ludroth. 
My only my only regret is that it isn't the pink royal Ludroth because I like fighting big balls of cotton candy that are rolling around. But uh, yeah, it's just it's got four different towns. Each one's full of quests. A lot of subsystems there. Uh, you got oils you can put on your sword and shield. So go play sword and shield. I just it's just so much going on there. At least the palicos in their skills do seem a little bit easier to manage and get the kind of palico that you're looking for. Yeah. But, um, yeah, just so and, much so much going on. And then I guess the big thing is it's got the styles. Oh, the styles. And skills. So, so there's, there's what right now? Four or five styles, right? Yeah. And I know the one I picked on my charge blade. I don't remember which one it was, but on my charge blade, it basically lets me heal. It, like, it's healing yeah. piles. Yeah, so that's different. It's like, like a free uh, healing potion. So the big one I've messed around with, which... Uh, to me, it kind of feels like cheating, to be honest, uh-huh. is um, the aerial uh, style, which basically, instead of like a normal roll, you do like a little midair flip. And if you hit that midair flip against a monster, you then can launch yourself in the air and do an air attack and potentially mount a monster. Mm. Uh, which that is awesome. Which basically, basically means you get the best part of the insect glaive on every single weapon in the game well does that does does that invalidate the insect glaive kind of yeah (laughs) i did have a friend assure me because i asked another friend this question he's like okay i know that that, that's out no but try the arrow style with the insect glaive he said and you'll see that it's still master of the air Mm, did you try it no that's what he's saying i don't know now, another cool thing about Generations, uh, you know, uh, since since we're trying to, you know, look at its positives and not focus on the fact that a story's not non-existent, um, the, 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 ins- if you are an insect glaive lover like we are, the insect is much easier to manage and upgrade. You don't have this little weird thing going on where you feed it and then it has to get to a certain level and you're leveling it separately from the staff and all this stuff. Uh, from what I've read, anyways. I haven't played with it myself because I just started and I kind of sort of went right to the charge blade. But maybe I'll give the insect aerial uh, a try. Uh, but I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, I was fighting that, well, what was it called again? As, 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 Azeros or whatever. Azeros. And the subquest was to mount the monster. But it was like one of those, like, it was Monster Hunter 2 or Monster Hunter 1 land or something where there's nowhere to jump off of. I didn't yeah. even think about the yeah switching to aerial style and giving that a shot. Yeah, uh, it's pretty much what I played in all of Double Cross. So I'm gonna for generations. I'm gonna switch to something else. But yeah, it does kind of feel like cheating. It like I said, it's sometimes so. So well, we do have uh, and so and then with this generations ultimate, there's gonna be some new styles. We'll be talking and diving more into those those things in depth once uh, once that comes out. And Mike and I are going to try different styles so that we can tell you all from our own experience how how some of these are. And clearly some are, are better than others. We're going to go into more details uh, as, well, maybe we'll even start with next show. Who knows? We could just we could start going into ones that are already out. <laughs> uh, sure, sure. We can make that a feature. Uh, and then one last thing before we, we head off on this segment, uh, Budai did uh, write a comment up on our, on our what is it called, the comment section of our podcast. So if you're on the website, you go to podcast, you go down to The Hunt, there's a list of the four or five episodes we have there. You can actually leave comments right there on the website. It's really easy. It's really fun. Budai says, I wonder if Generation Switch will break one million sales in the West. I feel it's primed to do so. 
What do you think, Mike? Will it break a mil? Yep. All right, Mike's calling it right now, breaking a mil. Cool. There's your prediction, straight from Ask Wheels. Well, this has been another segment of the Ask Wheels podcast, <laughs> Q&A Quest. Uh, we're going to take a, we're going to take a break and we're going to wrap this one up with the canteen. And this is the canteen. It's kind of like our kitchen sink uh, stuff where we read a little news and tell you what we're working on. One thing that we we, you know, we talked some E3 stuff last time, Mike, I believe. I think we did, right? We talked E3 last time, right? It's been a blur. Um, I don't think so. I don't know. Has it been? I, I, I'm sorry, guys. It really has been super busy for both of us, and I can't tell if I'm coming or going. And then with backtrack and everything, I kind of forget what I said on what show. But... Uh, no, yeah, I think I, last episode was pre-E3. Pre-E3? Okay, so post-E3 show. Okay, that's right. That's right. Oh, we, we, <laughs> uh, I'm getting old. Okay, so post-E3, one of the, one, there wasn't a whole lot more on Monster Hunter Generations or anything like that, but there was a big announcement, Mike. Do you know what it was? A certain surprise monster visiting Monster Hunter World? Yeah, yeah. I, I, what was his name? Uh, he's from that um, series. Um, what's it called? Um, uh, first, uh, first, uh, first Mantisy. Um, last um, fairy tale. Uh, the uh, the 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 saga of the four crystals. Um, bravely defart. Yeah, <laughs> really defart. So it turns out their little friend Behemoth is going to be making an appearance later on this summer in Monster Hunter World. That's epic. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. That, that's I, and I, I have to admit, I didn't see a collaboration between Squaresoft and Capcom coming like that. No. No. Uh, outside of maybe you know Smash Brothers, where you have Mega Man and Squall uh, yeah. or Cloud or whatever in the same same camp uh, fighting each other, but that's about it. You know, that was just I did I did not see that coming. And if you're a Final Fantasy XIV fanboy, apparently Palicos will be invading your territory. Nice. Sweet. Oh, and I think they're also were they getting um uh Rathaloses? They might be getting Rathalos too. Yeah, that sounds like something we do. You can have Rathalos, you can keep him. I feel like we're getting we're we're making ahead on this trade there. Because I, I would take a behemoth over Rathalos. That just yeah. yeah, yeah. I think we got the better end of that deal. So that that right there does make me wish I could put some more time into Monster Hunter World. I'm kind of busy right now, and I want to do some more Generations work. But to kind, I'm sure that's going to be high end content that you're going to need to have your hunter ready for in, in Monster Hunter World. Yeah, uh, I'm going to have to get ready for that because I want to do some of that. Get get that a piece. Get a get a piece of uh, Behemoth. Yes, please. All right, <laughs> I'll yeah. take a piece of Behemoth with a side of mashed potatoes. Thank you very much. Yeah, just, that's a pretty sweet crossover. Just about as cool as the um, Metal Gear Solid Monster Hunter crossover they did back in the day. Pretty cool. That Catcom's yeah. always doing something silly like that. Um, I, I still like my, uh, even though it's not the best stats, I do like my uh, Aloy outfit from Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Doing that with like the bow thing. It's, yeah. just, it's just fun. It's, it's just fun to pull that, like if you're hunting with the group, 
And you're just like, yeah, I got my, my costume from that. Or Ken, uh, I mean Ryu from Street Fighter. That's pretty funny. Yeah, it would have been cool if they brought in like one of the monsters from uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. That would have been cool. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Could you imagine like a ro- uh, robotic monster? Oh, I think some of the fanboys would crap their pants, though. Yeah. Are you are you by chance a fan of the Heroes of Might and Magic series? Not really. No. And, My it, favorite Heroes of Might and Magic game is the puzzle game. It's a puzzle game. Yeah, that's a fun one, though. That's a good one. Yeah. Not on DS and eventually everything else. The reason I ask is because in Heroes of Might and Magic 3, the game came out, critical acclaim, did well with the fans and everything. They they announced an expansion. And in this game, you have different town types like the undead town type and the barbarians and whatever. They each have a set of monsters. Well, this new town type was going to introduce uh, monsters that were like, you know, steampunk half mechanoid, that sort of thing. And fans just lost it. And this is back before the internet was really that big of a deal. Uh, but but people just, whatever they went back in those days, they, they voiced you know all kinds of outrage. And 3DO ended up backpedaling and turning it into a town of elementals. Uh, and this is despite the fact that in older Might and Magic role-playing games, the games have always been a mix of sci-fi, you know, like 20% sci-fi, 80% fantasy. But at some point during your adventures, it's not unusual to come across a downed spaceship and have one of your characters pick up a laser pistol and learn how to use it. You know, <laughs> so, I mean, it's not like they were going way outside the box with this race here. But I just imagine, like, suddenly you have a mechanoid on uh, from Horizon Zero Dawn in Monster Hunter World and the fan oh, yeah. would there be fan outrage for that? Probably, but I wouldn't care. Yeah, we don't care about the fans. Yeah, now. we don't care. Well, you know, you already got a little bit of that because the Palico, if you have the Aloy outfit, the, pal- the accompanying Palico outfit makes him look like the Watcher robot, which is really cool because instead of a big yeah. blue light, he has a paw print, a paw print <laughs> spotlight. That is funny as hell. So, uh, good old Monster Hunter uh, world. But anywho, I think that's uh, pretty pretty much a wrap. Do you have uh, – oh, we were going to – what are you working on for next week, Mike? Or next show? Uh, Starting start to work on generation. Let's make some progress there. And I want to get to eight star quests in uh, four. Ooh. And that that's sing, single player, I mean. Yeah. And probably no, no multiplayer this week. But yeah, working on getting to, getting to the higher ranks in single player in uh, four. Yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to be focusing more on generations. I'm a little too split up with... Uh... With uh, some some backtrack work that I'm working on, and uh, if you head over to the site, I got the the backtrack sidetrack where I play old uh, w- uh, blah, PC games, Windows and DOS, uh, and we'll be talking more about that on the backtrack. If you want to head over and check that out, so that takes some of my time. But when I'm in the road, by the way, speaking of portable and stuff, that's what I forgot to ask you on the Argosy Mail. Um, uh, so so would you do you carry your Switch in your pocket to play? Would you carry your Switch in your pocket to play? Uh, Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate, like, you know, if you were going out shopping and you might have some dead time or whatever. Do you find no. it that portable? No, I don't consider it a portable. Interesting. That was a big I, debate. I consider it a home console that I happen to be able to easily bring places okay. or uh, play on my couch while watching TV. So if... It's, to me, it's basically the equivalent of, like the ps4 and remote playing on the vita hmm. only it's one console instead of two that's pretty much it that's fair that's fair yeah. so so if they were to do a new like a 3ds because that was the article that kind of came up today would yeah. would you be interested oh hell yeah 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 okay day one 
Especially I, if it's backwards compatible. Yeah, my oh gosh, yeah. My take on it is is I would love it too. I agree with you. It's just too big. The switch is just too big. Like so, whenever I go out somewhere, I always like to take something with me just in case. Uh, you know, it's going to be a slow day or a slow trip or whatever. The the three DS, the the new one, is already kind of pushing the pocket limit already. Uh, but yeah. the but the uh, but the switch is definitely uh, too big for that. So even the Vita will fit in my pocket. Those are probably those are pretty big. The old DS felt a lot better. The old 3DS, but yeah, yeah. But what are you gonna do? That's what I got. So my pocket sticks out just a little bit. But the Switch, yeah, it literally sticks out of the pocket. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, plus, plus my take on it is if is the Switch graphics are still pretty high end. They're not PlayStation Four or anything like that. But that's why you get, you know you're getting games like Doom and Skyrim and stuff. My concern is we're not going to see as many RPGs for the console as we saw in the 3DS because I feel like with the 3DS it was a lot less risk and the audiences for RPGs are smaller, so you need lower cost in order to turn a profit on that. So we saw a lot of turn-based and traditional RPGs on the 3DS that I'm worried we're not going to necessarily get on the Switch. I mean, it's a possibility. The thing is, we're already seeing a bunch of those kinds of games that appeared on um, Vita like already making their way to the switch like we're like all the atelier games are now getting switch version I, I was waiting for you to say hyper dimension neptunia series well yes yes <laughs> all your idea factory are, are you, do you have a guilty pleasure that you don't want to talk about right now mike is that what that is I um, choose to exercise the Fifth Amendment of the Constitution of the United States. Oh, alrighty, but that's that's a wrap here. We're gonna we're gonna leave uh, we're gonna leave on that awkward note. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening uh, to the hunt stories from a monster hunter. Uh, I, I you know one day we're gonna have an ending tagline. On this show instead we're just gonna play the standard little guy who talks at the end everybody have a good night the hunt stories from monster hunter is a production of rpgamer.com your source for rpg news reviews podcasts and more leave your comments on our forums or hit us up at twitter you can reach out to phil at jc servant and michael apps at ask wheels let us know what you think and help shape our future shows when you got a craving to turn monsters into fashionable gear come back and join us on the hunt stories from monster hunter